Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hello guys, and welcome back to the official Dallas Stars podcast of THBN, Starcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan, alongside my brothers James and Chris. We are literally a week and one day away from the very first game of the 2023-2024 regular season we want to thank DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor as always go and use that promo code THPN uh, as always when you go and use their services for a special little offer from them guys how are y'all doing today y'all doing okay um I'm I'm doing pretty good um it's my two-year anniversary of dating Samantha so that was nice we're gonna. We didn't do anything today, but on the weekend we're gonna go dress up and we're gonna go to a nice place to eat. So that should be fun. Awesome. Chris, how are you doing? I guess uh, his, his mic's his mic's not having fun. We fi- we finally did it. No, he's finally quiet. <laughs> uh, it. He was doing some very strange things questionable. before we... Yeah, questionable. That's a good word. That's a very good PC word to use, James, uh, before we started. Chris, are you actually... He's no, actually... No, no you're he, not. He's, he's actually not. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, while Chris is trying to figure out his technical difficulties, of course it happens right as we go live. But uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it, Got you guys. Uh, we've been getting into this for months now talking about this team where they're at and uh we're finally gonna actually like sit down and talk about the question is this the year that they finally complete the goal of every nhl team before they begin the season are they gonna win the stanley cup this year uh we'll talk about that a little bit we're gonna dive into some nhl news as well and as we're also going to talk about uh kind of pete DeBoer's four line uh, strategy and how that affects the stars going forward and why they're being being viewed as a you know a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, we're gonna look a little bit at the athletics star season preview. They got some good questions in there that we'll also discuss. Um, but first off, before getting into any of that, we have to acknowledge the fact that DFW sports are actually doing pretty good right now, huh? Can I talk now? You can't yes. talk. Hooray. Yeah. The audio quality is probably a little bit worse, but we are here. Um, yes. Yeah. Rangers, amazing. 
I mean, I said it all season long. If, we, if the Rangers have one strength, it's their pitching. That's what everyone's been saying. <laughs> and they did it. One run all series. So No shot. That's great. A um, little bit of a stretch to DFW sports are doing well because the Cowboys did just lose to the Cardinals. Okay, that was two weeks ago. It was a it yeah, was a one Yeah, two weeks ago. That was basically last season. So we're good. We're we're still good. They, they came out. They came out and dominated in their last games. So they, they did. They did. Well. They took care of some business. Took care of some business. Some business. So but hey, okay. Who knows? We got three Dallas teams that should be in the playoffs. Four now. Actually, Mavs should be in there too. Yeah, they should. They, they yeah. dumpstered it at the end of the year. So we'll see. Maybe some good times are ahead. I still find it crazy that they were fined a hundred thousand dollars for for benching yeah. their players in the last game. They, of the season. Yeah, they deserved, deserved it. it. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that was crappy. <laughs> Dallas fans over here. Yeah, they deserved it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but okay, and I I gotta ask you about this because this is all I'm seeing on Twitter, and you knew we were gonna have to talk about it, but. Are, are y'all annoyed with the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff? I'm not going to talk about this on this podcast. This is a protest. <laughs> I, I'm i sick of it. I, I'm tired of hearing about it. But don't it. even I talk about to... it. Moving on. Who cares? Okay. No, but no like... not who cares. Not for a second. Wait, <laughs> for a second. Say, seven minutes in and we're already done. We're skipping to uh, this. <laughs> hockey. Hockey. All right. So uh, do we want to start NHL news first or star stuff first? Yeah, I don't care. You pick. You're the host. You, I don't care. I don't okay. get paid to host. Okay. Well, you actually don't get paid don't, to do we anything. We don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. Three quick little little news things. Uh, we talked about Trevor Zegers last podcast with David Castillo. Uh, Trevor Zegers did sign an extension, three years at five point seven five million. So that's good for him. Good for the Ducks. Yep, Thoughts good on for everybody, I think. Yeah, bridge deal, like you were saying, a little bit higher of a bridge deal, but he's also a little bit better of a player, so makes sense. It looks like he really wanted the six, and the Ducks really didn't want to give it to him. So <laughs> settled, settled on just under six. Well, it sounds like they were lowballing him at like three or four, and then he wanted like eight million. So, I mean, that's about right. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, extensions for a couple of Minnesota players. Marcus Foligno, he uh, signs a four-year deal to continue being there, and so does Matt Zuccarello. If there's one player that I ever wish we had kept as a Dallas star, it would have been Matt Zuccarello. He lo- he worked. He looked so good uh, on that uh, that playoff run that we had. So, I guess it was many years ago now. Uh, but thoughts on him and he's 36 years old now he took a two million dollar pay cut to stay with minnesota obviously him and uh kaprizov has something going for him but uh what do you think of the signings for the minnesota wild yeah i think the bigger problem with minnesota is more so their depth than their top guys i mean of course you got to keep those but beyond their well not even their first line beyond kaprizov no one really scores goals for them so it's going to be a little bit rough for them to find goal support and you got to have another good year in goaltending, too, if you really want to be able to. Yeah, last year they had great goaltending and they weren't that good. <laughs> do you all think that uh, Philip Gustafson is going to be able to do it again? Just random no. tangent. I don't think as good as he did last season, but I think he'll still be solid. Is he going to be the starter over Marc-Andre Fleury? Yes. 
Yes. I think so too. Okay. I think so too. I, I don't expect him to get to like the, the 930 that he had, which was ridiculous. Uh, I still think he's a good goaltender though. I can see him getting like around Ottinger numbers, maybe a little lower. Yeah. He'll you know, be, like he'll be above average in the league. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on from that because uh, we don't like the Minnesota Wild. Um, this is the big one. This is the big news that came out actually the day after uh, we did our last podcast episode, and everyone has uh, been talking about it. But uh, arguably the best goaltender in the league, probably not arguably the best goaltender in the league, but Andre Vasilevsky is not going to be starting the season with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning because of a lumbar disc herniation. That sounds very, very painful. For a hockey injury. And uh, he had surgery to correct it, and he's out for eight to ten weeks, aka two months, to uh, begin the season. Yeah, and fine. they did not have a good uh, backup goaltender to begin with. So, does this hurt Tampa Bay's chances going forward of making the playoffs? Uh, how how bad so. is this for them? Yeah, of making the playoffs. No, I don't think it hurts it. You'll have a tough, slow start, but you're you're still Tampa Bay. You yeah. have amazing depth and forwards and the defense you're going to be fine there and then the main thing you're also tampa bay all you have to do is get in the playoffs and you're probably one of the scariest teams so it's true the the big the big thing is that like the whole team kind of had like a down year last year so no matter what they they, they're gonna have to be better this year so not having vasculeski for the first two months i don't think really will make that much of a difference either way i mean he is a great goaltender but if the team is not playing the way that they should then it's not going to matter whether he's in net or not does that make any sense yeah no no, no that made sense no that made that, that made sense uh, i think this is going to hit them harder than some people realize because one of the it's things you kind of some people james <laughs> but you you really can't have a bad start and expect to to make the playoffs. Unless In general, I Lightning. agree. Uh, <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. Unless you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, is my opinion on that. But and I know you they they still do have some depth. They still got you know Anthony Sorelli. They still got Chernak and some some guys lower on the totem pole, but that are really good. But. It, the thing is, it's not the same like it was when they went on their three consecutive Stanley Cup Finals runs. It, it, it's not the same. So, I mean, they don't have Gord. They don't have Coleman. They don't have a lot of the same players. But uh, I think this is going to hit them harder than some people think. Uh, do I still think they're going to make the playoffs? Yes. But I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to be a wild card this year with without having uh, Vasilevsky for the first two months of the season. That's just me. I would be befuddled if that were the case. So, but we'll see how that affects the Lightning and uh, their chances to make the uh, playoffs and be one of the best teams in the Atlantic Division. So, okay, moving on to Dallas Stars stuff. Um, there's a really good long uh, preview for the Dallas Stars, kind of talking about uh, what the expectations are for this team uh, from the Athletic, and it wasn't from Saad; it was from uh, from Dom, from Shayna, and some others who kind of took a look at the Stars. And they look like a perennial Stanley Cup contender, according to these guys. So uh, I'm just going to read like the the literally the very first sentence. And the days of treating the Dallas Stars as a one line team on the fringes of this Western Conference playoff picture are officially over. 
And I, I think that's true. That's absolutely true. And we've seen that with uh, the hype that the media in general has kind of created around this team. It's it's not like us last year when we were kind of tooting the horns and saying, hey, we actually have a pretty decent team here. And nobody was picking the Stars to make the playoffs. It was all, oh, the Jets and the Preds and the Blues. And none of those three teams made the playoffs. I don't include the Jets in that because they got destroyed. But everyone is actually recognizing the fact that the Stars are a perennial Stanley Cup contender now. And I yeah. think it's awesome. And I'm loving it. Yeah, and I think it, the 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 questions last year were still fair. I mean, I, I think we had better insight on them because of how much – we knew about this team and what we thought the answer to the season prior was, which was bones leaving and changing up the system, which turned out to be the case, uh, a toot toot on our horns there. Um, but now all those question marks are answered. DeBoer's system is good. The young players were great. Ben did take a step forward. So all, almost all the question marks we had at, in during last season, season preview were all big, huge thumbs up. So, when that happens, obviously you're gonna be you're gonna be noticed, and we're definitely I mean top four team in the league at least I'd say going into this season. Should be. Are. Should be. Expectation is top. Uh, four. Okay, okay. If you don't get top four this year, yeah. if you are not in the final four of the playoffs, it is a failure of a season. Yeah. So when when you take a look at uh, Dom Decision's projection for the Dallas Stars and where they're going to land. Uh, his projection for the Dallas Stars is going to be fourth in the NHL. So, Chris, kind of what you said, being top four in the NHL with 105 points. Their chances of making the playoffs right now, according to his model, 94%. And they have the second highest odds of making the Stanley Cup final at 10%. So, I mean, what else do you need to say about the expectations of this team and where it's at? Yeah, I'm, it's nice when you get – you had such a good season – you lose no one, and you pick up Matt Duchesne. <laughs> so well, that's it, it's we, pretty we hard. Yeah, pretty hard just from off off season perspective to be like this team's going to be any amount worse. Yeah, exactly. And then even from last season, we can dig into this a little bit more next week during our season preview too. But the lessons you learned from last season are so glaringly obvious too, like having Harley to fill a role there, that's obviously going to be one of our bigger question marks, but having him throughout the season as that option and moving and taking a step forward is great. Lundquist is going to be better this year, a young player who's still learning his role. That's going to be great. Knowing that we can't play Ottinger that much. And probably this year, if we do go into a race for the division and we only have one goaltender, I guess we're just going to lose the division. I mean, that's the lesson you learned there really is what it was is that it's better to have a healthy goaltender than it is to try and win the division, especially when you lose it anyway. <laughs> so the, and, and the lessons me, the, we learned last year are so clear. And like you said, James, the additions are clearly better mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it, it has to be an improvement. So one of the things that they talk about in the article is the success that the Stars have had, and then it seems immediately after they've had some real big disappointment. So uh, obviously we look at two seasons in particular, the 2015-16 season where the Stars, it was all about offense, and it was Auntie Niemi and Kari Litton in the net, and we couldn't keep the puck out of our net. It was fun hockey. Don't get me wrong. It was so much fun. But that team with being the best in the Western Conference 
was not built for the playoffs. And then the success after that obviously faltered highly. And then when you look at the 2019-2020 season, it was a bit of a surprise, obviously. COVID kind of screwed everything up. Stars go to the Stanley Cup final, only lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it looks like a fluke right now. I'm hoping it's not. But that was quickly followed up with a really rough season by the Dallas Stars, which, to their credit, yes, we have to say it, there were a lot of injuries during that season afterwards and a lot of overtime losses. Ooh, we'll talk about that, too. Uh, but... One of the things they kind of look at is that this mediocrity that the stars, I wouldn't say mediocrity because they haven't been. It is mediocrity up and down, up and down mediocrity. If that makes any sense. Um, It doesn't seem going forward that that's going to happen with the way that the stars are stacked up. They've got the old core. We've talked about the Pavelski, the Ben, the Sagan. uh, I'd maybe even include Lindell in that category. Kind of the older guys that have been around for a while. You got the new core with Robertson, Hintz, uh, Miro, Ottinger. And then you've even got young guys who are coming up in Stan Coven, Bork, and uh, Bischel, who's done fantastic. All three of those guys still at uh, still at training camp and uh, playing preseason games. So the feeling around this team is very different than those previous years. Yeah, the previous like 15, two six- years... For sure, were way different. 15, 16, you knew that that was not sustainable. I mean, it was literally like Oilers Flames level of let's just throw crap at the net and we'll just outscore everybody. Everybody knew that wasn't sustainable. Same thing with the goalie situation. As that season progressed, the letting in the Emmy situation got worse and worse until it was literally not usable. Um, and then the next season, obviously, the injuries were massive. But even beyond both of those reasons, both those seasons were not followed up by great additions as well. So we would have those seasons. The next season, we're like trying to keep as much of the same team together as we can. This season, we're not doing that. We have added two huge pieces. Dodonov, Matt Duchesne are insanely massive. Harley is arguably even more important than both of them if he can actually develop into the player that we think he can be. And same thing with Lundqvist. I mean, he didn't play the end of the season or the playoffs last year. We're seeing a full new player who pretty much took the beginning of last season to learn the role and try and find himself. And he's going to do even better. I've heard he's had a great camp from all the stuff that we've read on how he's been. And he's added muscle and looks stronger. And yeah, this team isn't just trying to keep what we did last year and see if we can do it again. They have actively improved by a substantial margin. And before, I mean, I felt like a lot of games we try to scrap to win and we're just trying to figure something else out and just get down there and score a couple of goals. And now now the games that we see now is like we are just playing how we always play. And some most some nights we absolutely blow the other team out of the water. And some nights it's close because some bounces just don't go the right way. And there's times where we can actually just be like, the puck bounced in the opposite direction. <laughs> and that's kind of how the game went sometimes. But like, you couldn't say that before. There's always something before that you could kind of pinpoint, be like, we could have done better here. And we lost the game because of this. And that was the key on the 2019, 2020 season is that with bones play style, we never controlled the game. We were always in it, but we never ran away with it. And now we are taking control of games. Just like you said, James, that's a really good point. Uh, one of the things that popped into my head when you were talking about that, James, is the fact that one of Jim Nill's favorite 
things he likes to talk about is last year, it didn't seem like the stars were ever out of a game, right? They, they, they might've had a, a couple of random blowups like that. I think they had one against the Kings and one against the, uh, the wild. Probably four. I think there's four I can think of. Off the top but of my like, head. <laughs> uh, so, but for the, for the most part, they were in every single game. They, they were very close into every single game. Now we would like to see the, uh, Overtime losses kind of go down a little bit, obviously, but that wasn't. I mean, we were in every single game, and, and and they were in every game in a different way than they were in 2019, 2020, 2019, 2020. They just tried to keep it close, and we're just hanging on. Now it's mm-hmm. our explosiveness is what keeps us in games. We can score four goals in five minutes, and that's not insane to think about, and because it can happen still have in multiple defense. different lines. And still have defense and still have an elite goaltender to back it up as well, which is something we didn't have in 2015-16. When you're behind by that much, I think the elite goaltender has more to do with it than the defense because you're you're cheating a little (laughs) bit, and then Jake Ottinger makes a big save when you need it, and you still stay alive. So, But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, having the explosive offense to be able to climb back and a a great goaltender, definitely need that. And the defense locks it down whenever we are ahead by a billion. I mean, third periods when this team is up by two and three goals are – I mean, you might as well not watch it. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen. So moving on in further into the article, uh, the strengths of this team, obviously they talk about the core. The core is one of the strengths of this team, but that's with every major Stanley Cup contender. So they they went down deep into it and kind of talked about, okay, what's really great about this team? It's the top line. The top line is, and I even said it on our THPN Central Division, like, season preview thing uh, they are the best line in hockey and have been for several years now offensively defensively in in the the face-off dot rope has has increased he's gotten better pavelski has also been pretty good on the face-off dot and they they go kind of down deep into all three of the the players uh robertson but there's one particular uh stat that i wanted to pull up i thought this was really interesting uh this is talking about Robertson over the last three years, he scored over 2.8 points per 60 at five on five each season. Something no other player can say other than Nathan McKinnon being close. I mean, and then everyone talks about the hype around Nathan McKinnon. He's probably the third best player in the league behind uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, especially offensively. And, when your name's mentioned in the same category as Nathan McKinnon like that, and you're even better in that particular yeah. stat, that's something that's glowing about this top line. Yeah. And that shows that they do it in all facets of the game, not just offensively or not just on the power play. I mean, where their power play is still fantastic, but that's not the only place that they do it, especially Robertson, who is probably better five on five than he is on the power play. I mean, the, really for me, it's more the power play than anything. I mean, I know, we, we have a great top line, but the power play was the reason why we won so many games last year. I mean, but Jason and, and Robertson's was, stat is 2.8 per 60 at five on five, five not on even five. on the power play. So yeah. the power play is but, just sprinkles. But you don't win from one person. Robertson Correct. may be scoring all the goals five on five, but I mean, Mo- the, most the of power Pavelski play... and Ropes are on the power play. Well, and Ben's most of Ben's was Ben's, on power play yes. too. That, ben I mean, is huge, like almost more than fifty percent. Yeah, I mean they the power play just blew up. That's why we won multiple games last year. I mean there'd be games where we had three or four power play goals, and the game's just over before it started. 
Agreed. So they, they continue on and they kind of talk about some other facets of the team. And then they bring up Jay Cottinger. He's only 24. And a lot of people still forget he's he's not even in his late 20s yet. Uh, he's got a projected net rating of plus 12. And it, it's a, a stat that, they use, that Dom uses to kind of measure goaltenders. And that puts him sixth in the league behind uh, Sorokin, Saros, Shosturkin, Vasilevsky, and Hellebuck. So, I mean, a lot of those guys have been elite goaltenders for years. Vasilevsky, uh, Hellebuck, uh, Saros is kind of more recent, but he's been good for a long time, just not elite like he has been the past couple of years. But, I, I mean, again, it's a strength of the team that a lot of, you know, Stanley Cup contenders don't have. Yeah, and in Mike Heike's article that he published earlier today about the preseason game from last night, uh, Ottinger talked a lot about how he was focusing this offseason on rest and recovery. So actually just practicing less, which for a guy who's at his level is probably not that big of a deal and especially good for him to get that rest. And also focusing on ways for him to recover throughout the season in between games. He's focusing on on his health and nutrition and everything like that to make sure that he's fresh for each start. And that's been a focus of his this season, which will be huge. And that's that's massive because of like the the mindset he has. He wants to play every single game, no matter what. He wants yeah. to play all eighty two, all eighty two. That's what he. That's what it felt like for the past two or three years now from him. He says it all the time. I want to play every single night, and yeah. that's just like in today's age, that's not feasible. <laughs> it, yeah. it just it, isn't. And I'm sure that is still what he wants, and that's the mindset he needs to keep. He needs to keep the mindset of wanting to play every night and doing the rest of recovery and making his coaches force him out. It would be the correct thing to do, in my opinion. Because you want to have a goalie with that mindset, with the guy who wants to be the guy. Because especially in that position, you, you got to have an ego. I mean, it's just you. Mo- moving on to, to two more uh, two more strengths. strengths for the team here. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Goodness, I'm tired. Okay. Uh, they don't really mention this much in the article, but Ardell is absolutely 100% right. I, I don't think there is another team other than maybe LA that has as strong center depth as the Stars do. LA is not close. Th- I mean, you've got Anze Kopitar, you've got Pierre Luc Dubois, you've got. Uh, That's oh my gosh, to know. <laughs> do they have Tyler <laughs> Sagan good. and Matt Duchesne on their third line? They've got Philip Deneau on their third line, who scored almost 30 That's, goals last year. That's pretty good. That's still pretty good. But do they have a Sagan and a Matt Dusain? Do they have two Dino's? I don't think so. We, <laughs> we got have, two. We have a Chris is being homer Sagan. here. <laughs> yeah. But two anyways, anyways, the y- y'all talk about the center depth for a little bit, and then there's one little uh, negative thing that I'll talk about here in a second. But how good is the star's center depth for? Yeah, the main thing that center depth does is it makes you have a unstoppable faceoff percentage. <laughs> I mean. The stars are unstoppable because they are always playing on their strong yeah. side. It's Every so- other team is running five, four face-off guys, maybe five sometimes. Yeah, stars are running was, eight. I think it was <laughs> the only stat that Boston didn't get first in last year. Face-off. Was, was I think they were second. Percentage. <laughs> they were second. That that it's it's ridiculous how how many face-offs we won last year. And we're gonna do it again this year because we have just as many centers and they're all fantastic. Uh, the other thing that, that does, um, I, I can't remember if I was reading this in the athletic article that you mentioned, Ryan, or maybe this was Heike's article. Um, 
the center is mainly the guy who is traditionally responsible for coming all the way back in the defensive zone and playing around his net defensively. And when you have two centers who are comfortable doing that in their own zone, you're able to kind of pass that off depending on whoever is back first, which is kind of the way most hockey is nowadays in general is whoever's back first kind of does that, but they can even stay back there and kind of take priority as the game goes on. So you're able to stay fresher because you're not having to skate as much as a traditional center might have to as well. So I thought that was kind of an interesting point that Heike pointed out as well with having a bunch of different centers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was Heike's article. I, I think I remember. Yeah. As I that. kept talking, I was getting more certain of it being <laughs> Heike. Well, and then, uh, when you look at each line, each line has two capable centers. Again, I was going to mention it, and Ardell beat me to it, but they have two capable centers on every single line. Now, I do want to talk about this uh, little negative Nancy here, but we've had some early kind of injuries and kind of things creep up on very important key players. We, we have to talk about it. Uh, Roe Behance has not played a preseason game yet. Neither has Wyatt Johnston because they're both apparently kind of dealing with some minor little things. They're dinged and then, up. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. And then Fox the last night was just absolutely creamed from behind. So, and, and he left the game and did not return. So that's, we talk about how great the center depth is for the Dallas Stars, and I'm not too worried. Might need we it. Still got, <laughs> yeah, we're going to need it to start the season, I think. Hey, guys, it's Ryan here. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It, it, it even got to the point today where I don't know if y'all saw, but Kyle McDonald, who James was really high on from the uh, Traverse City uh, prospect tournament actually got called up from the Texas Stars today after literally getting after down getting there a couple down. of days ago. So he and he's probably there to kind of fill in the role uh, for a couple of preseason games remaining before this season starts. So is that something we should be worried about right now? Because especially with Rope Hintz, Rope Hintz is a great center. He is absolutely a number one center, but he's shown in the past that he is injury prone. Should we yeah. be worried? He'll be back. <laughs> yeah, they won't play another preseason game. I don't think any of them will. 
but that doesn't mean that they're actually injured either. Um, it's just precautionary. Everyone also in Heike's article is talking about, eh, it's preseason. We kind of care. E- even DeBoer was like, eh, you kind of <laughs> have to play preseason games, I guess. I don't know. So no one really mm. understands why we're doing it still, but whatever. Um, yeah. Go for, ahead, James. For me, regardless, like, it, if they're not ready for night one, I mean, we still have prospects who look like they are ready to come into the league and they that was, will at least get some games right under the right out. That of the was game. my next point. Honestly, I'm a little bit more excited than <laughs> apprehensive yeah. about We're going to see out. players who we probably would not see unless people were hurt. Yeah. Can Stan Coven come in and play have to play a center role? He he yeah, might that would be cool. Well, I would love he to won't see play that. a center role, but yes, he might make the roster. It, it, it would be weird if that's the roundabout way that <laughs> that Stankovan makes opening night rosters because we have three centers injured. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, but the likelihood of that happening is near zero. I, I think all of them are gonna play the first game. Okay, so moving on to the weaknesses. Obviously, we 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 talked about yeah, exactly. Defense. Who is gonna man. step up? Who is it? Is it gonna be Harley? Is it is it gonna be uh Lundquist? Who is gonna step up to kind of be I, I mean like Mira Haskinen was to John Klingberg when John Klingberg was still here. Like we had two yep. elite puck moving defensemen who were very good at moving the puck out of the zone and were very good offensively. Now uh Mira Haskinen has gone above and beyond uh John Klingberg's role. He is not just good offensively, he is incredible defensively. He's so, better defensively than he is offensively, I think. Oh yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, when you can keep up with Connor McDavid and make the plays that he does That's defensively insane. on Connor McDavid, yes, I agree with you. But it, it almost feels like it's Harley's role to lose. And Lundquist is kind of there as kind of secondary necessary evil if if needed. So yeah. what do y'all think? The interesting thing here is that, yes, it's a weakness because this is what we were worst at last year and it was the biggest thing that was exposed when we played Vegas um, in that last series was the difference in the defense depth, but we also have addressed it, but we've addressed it with question marks. We've got Harley who's played less than what 30 or 40 regular season hockey games in the NHL. And then we've got Lundquist who obviously had to get yanked at the end of the season because he wasn't progressing to the point where coaches were comfortable with them. Um, but you, you give them those options. I feel like at least one, has to progress to a point where they are good and very trustable. And the other one is, will be good enough to play. And that will be good enough for you to break up the Lindell Hawk and paw pairing. Like, uh, like our good friend, I can't remember his name. Who did we talk to last week? David. I am so sorry, David. His last name. Starts with the C. <laughs> and you know what? He actually listens to the podcast too. He's going to be like, what I'm so name? sorry, David. <laughs> I remember his articles. I'm sure that's what he cares more about. His amazing point of breaking up that pair while great defensively, it is killer to anything offensively, which all metrics point to. Um, that would be fantastic. Yes. Perfect on a penalty kill, but it, being able to break them up, is going to help the decor immensely and it's going to even things out as well and make the bottom pair look less bad because yeah. <laughs> the bottom the, pair was not good the crazy thing to me is like even with the d pair we had against vegas we still like we were two goals away from that series completely spinning on its head just in the first two yep. games i mean you get you get the shot the goal in overtime or you don't give the puck away like and it it was 
it's a bad mistake at a bad time for Suter in that game too. But those those two plays that 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 was the series really. Yeah, the, the Stars lost the series in six games and probably played only two good games, and they won both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and the other ones, they were the wor- probably the four worst games that we played in the playoffs. Well, no, that, that's not that's not necessarily true. Remember, the first two games, they, they were complete opposites. They both went to overtime, and and uh, Vegas won both. The first, I, I can't remember which Stars one was which, good. but first one game was Vegas dominated. Yeah, okay, Vegas dominated, and we did not deserve to even be close in that game, and somehow we tied it at the end. And in the second game, we absolutely should have won that game. We deserved to win that game, and we just didn't get the last goal. That's just how it, how it worked I out. was in That's Germany. Hockey. I claim ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an excuse there. Guys. I was That's watching it at 3 a.m. <laughs> yes, you actually were. You actually were. That's fair. So, honestly... I, I think I think he's going to be able to do it. Um, Harley, specifically Harley, being able to step up and in, into a top four role. Um, he, he's had numerous stints down in the AHL. This is the time for him to kind of step up. And if not, and Lundqvist can't do it either, uh, the Stars are going to be looking for a top four defenseman come trade deadline time. And maybe even a top two defenseman. I don't know. I think you're looking for one anyway, if you can find a way to get one. But yes, I agree. The the main problem with calling on Harley to be a top four defenseman is that we have three left-handed defensemen in the top four already. (laughs) So he, he can't play the top minutes because we have three players who are already playing those minutes. And there's only supposed to be two. One of them is playing on his offside. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so that that's where it's like it doesn't matter how how good Harley's going to be. He's going to end up on the third pairing unless unless somehow him and Hawkenpaw can beat out a Lindell uh, Lundquist pairing, which is probably going to be more sound defensively just because of Lindell. And right now, that seems to be the deal that Lundquist and Lindell are going to be together. And they and they've had a couple of preseason games together. Uh, what it's been told is that they're pretty decent together. They work really well together, which is not any surprise to me because uh, Lundqvist has a lot of the same characteristics of John Klingberg and in his game and how he plays and stuff like that. So and Essa was really really good with John Klingberg. They were our top D pair for yeah. a good half decade, I, maybe even longer. Yeah, I expect. Essa to have a pretty big bounce back season if Lundqvist plays with he, him. He wasn't bad. He just he was wasn't bad. as good. No. If you go or, back and look at numbers, Lindell, he, he was, was bad. bad. Yeah. If, so yeah. If you go so back and look I, at I metrics, they are severely dropped. It, they're severely dropped, but I I still don't think that he was like terrible, right? Correct. I, but the I, role I, I he's asked think... to play, he can't yes. be as bad as he was. Yes. Okay. That, he's not that's not asked to play. Where, yes. A, a difficult role <laughs> well and he, it's obviously difficult it's not i don't know how to say it active not as an active role that's a good word i like that and the cap hit that he has he's at five and a half million he's a defensive he's defenseman. To do he ne- we, if if we're gonna win the cup this year this is really what we need him to do he needs to step up and he needs to play better than he had he did last year so okay Anyways, uh, kind of moving on from that. Uh, we kind of already talked about that anyways. But 
Well, we're already getting kind of late here and we're exhausted because just life. So let's just let's just skip uh straight to what y'all what y'all truly think about this year. And is this the year the stars do it? I think their window is open now. And because of the players they have coming up, because of the players they have now, what do you think of this team winning the cup this year? Are, are we, do we need to pump the brakes and say we need to wait another year? What do we think? No, we're not waiting any year because Joe Pavelski doesn't have another year to wait. Yes, yeah. I am. I'm right <laughs> that, behind that's, that. That's where the team is at. The team is, is win now because Pavelski probably doesn't have that many more seasons left in him. Um, hey, it'll be, it, it'll be kind of cool. Cause we'll have the San Jose sharks fan base behind us, I guess. Yeah. Cause the we San Jose sharks are going to suck. Let's go. <laughs> and, and even beyond just the Pavelski thing, that, that should at the very least be the expectation of this team. When you go to the conference finals and you lose to the Stanley Cup champion when you played a bad series and honestly played a bad playoff. If you look at the Stars' playoffs, they didn't play great. Ottinger was substantially worse. We know why. He was exhausted and injured. Um, Ben's crazy play at the end, not at all. Mm-hmm. What mind. you'd expect at that time um, from a person of that leadership quality. But overall, just not the best playoffs that the Stars could have played, and they still had to Maybe get beat by now. the Stanley Cup champion, who then went on and dominated their Eastern Conference opponent. So any other – the expectation is to win the Stanley Cup. That's the expectation. If you don't win the Stanley Cup, you you, you didn't have a good season. I mean, that, that's really what it is at this point. Everything is there. There's no reason for you not to win the Stanley Cup now. It's all on these guys who are up there to make the right adjustments, make the right plays, be ready for every game. And as, as much as the regular season does matter in building your team, getting better, it all is going to come down to the playoffs eventually. And then you're going to have to show up then in the big moments. So we'll look for the big games during this regular season, which I think is even bigger than going and winning the division and winning the conference and all that. How do you play in the big games when the, when the cards are on the table, how do you play in overtime is going to be massive for this team. Seeing the clutch genes, seeing this team do the little things correctly is what I'm going to be more looking at during this regular season, projecting how they're going to do in the playoffs than it is, purely their wins i feel like because we know this team can win hockey games now we need to win hockey games at the right time and and to me it really is more the clutch gene more than anything we saw them show up for big games last season they were there but like when we got to overtime anytime during the season there was there wasn't an answer ever i mean and and that continued into the postseason it wasn't just a regular season phenomenon and we talked about that we were kind of hoping that that we're okay. Three on three is done. It's five on five. We're really good at five on five hockey. And it, we won one overtime game. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Exactly. Right. And it was game five, four, five, game four. five. One of the I two. I remember. One of the two. Okay. Um, y'all were talking about it. it kind of made me think about the Tampa Bay Lightning and their two cup runs. It, it kind of seemed like they kind of cruised through the regular season, and then they took that step up in the playoffs. Is I, I know that the Central is no. really bad. It's no. wait, not the wait, same Central. Wait, did you say that the Vegas Golden Knights cruised in the regular season? 
The Lightning Cruise. Lightning, Lightning Cruise. Okay. Lightning. Thank you. I was they so won lost. The cups. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. So the, the, the Lightning kind of cruise. <laughs> they they cruise through the first, like specifically their two cup runs, uh, the first two cup to the Stanley Cup finals. Then they took it up a gear in the playoffs. Is that something that we see the stars do? Or is no. it <laughs> is it really like a disappointment if the stars don't win the central division? I don't think it's a disappointment if they don't win the division, but this isn't a team that's going to cruise just because they want to win. And they feel like they have something to prove. The team is young enough where they, they know they, they're not there yet. Like they, they all feel like they have more to give and they're, they're going to want to win every single game all the time. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of the vibe I get from them too. I feel like the lightning, it was a lot more like calculated professional cold killers is what I got from the lightning team that was there. <laughs> Like, and it's even with the way their GM ran the team. I mean, holding back players until the playoffs started. I mean, everyone knew what was going on there. The Stars team, it's, they want to beat every team that they play and they want to beat them by a lot every single time. And that's what happened last year. We didn't just win hockey games. We look at the scores. hockey games. <laughs> Go look we at the scores from last season. It was, we blew them out or we lost by one goal. <laughs> yes. That was the only thing. So, uh, the mentality of this hockey team is take no quarter and and never give up. I think are the two things that I would the two cliches I would give to this hockey team. So they're gonna keep scoring when they're scoring, and if they're down by three at the end of the game, they're not gonna stop until the final whistle goes. And that's what I think has been so great about the identity of this team is that that's what it is. I mean. They're never out of these games, and when they are beating you, you're going to get beat by a ton. I'm really excited for this team, and uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to the the latest Podman Rush. They actually did it a episode a couple days ago. The King returns, and they they obviously talked about the AAC. They talked about you know Stankoven and and Bork and Bischel and stuff like that. But one of the things that they kind of talked about was the feeling around the dressing room is that expectation is there from the players themselves, but it's not like an anxiety kind of driven kind of thing, right? It's a, this, like, we feel it like this is our year. This is our time to do it. We need to take that step. And the central division is ours. It's 100% ours. Colorado is not the same team. They were two years ago. They don't have the same depth. Uh, And the stars are getting all the hype right now. It's not the it's not the Avalanche that are getting the hype in the cent- in the Central Division. It's the Stars because they came out of nowhere in quotes and you know took the Western Conference by storm in the playoffs last year. And I and, and like not. we talked about, they didn't even play that great. They didn't play to their strengths. They 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 could have played way better, and they still made the third round. Yeah. So there's you should have every reason right now as a Dallas Stars fan, as an executive, as a player. I mean, as a member of the equipment staff, to be excited about this team, the prospects that they have of winning the Stanley Cup this year and attaining their ultimate goal. I just think it's hilarious that the Avalanche are essentially 15% Dallas Stars now. (laughs) That is true, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought I actually did get a chance to watch the uh, the preseason game. Uh, so and it weird. was it's so weird. Yeah, I opened okay. my app to look at it and I saw a tough <laughs> score and I was like, nice. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> not nice. <laughs> but uh, and then you see uh, Ola, Frederick Olofsson also scored. Yeah, I and, saw that. 
<laughs> nice. Wait, no. Wait a second. <laughs> and KV Ranta had an assist. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. It's it's bizarre. And it, just, just random because because we're talking about it. They were so stinking high on Riley Tufty. Like we're like ridiculous talking about how amazing he is and how amazing of a preseason he's had. And well, they have to have someone come up and do good. So. Well, he, he has all the tools. That's why the stars drafted him. He's a big guy who can skate and shoot. Everyone he hasn't shot. He can skate. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he, he, he had a score. goal and assist in the preseason game against the stars. I'm just yeah, saying. He can, he can for sure I, score. But I he think just never did it for Dallas. Yeah, Austin, I think that's I just some revenge mentality in there. Everyone does good against their former teams normally. Well, and let's not forget that I am Velnichushkin is still there too. So go figure. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's apparently still there. That Moving was, on, that was funny. Sorry, okay. Mr. Putin. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from that, uh, we're in our who cares segment for the evening. Uh, whose idea was it? Was it was it your idea? Mine. James? Yeah. Okay, James, idea. tell us tell us about your idea for okay. our who cares segment for the, the evening. who cares segment is your top three favorite Lego pieces. Favorite Lego pieces. Uh, Chris. Way to expand on that, James. I it's a Lego piece, that. okay? I mean, what uh, else is this piece supposed to I say? I don't know what you want. It's a piece of Lego. Can I talk? No. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Number Thank three. you, sir. Uh, my number three is the large green base plate. Nice. Why? Uh, I like it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You always, you, for some reason, everyone has like a billion of these. I don't know why, but everyone's got the large green base plate. And that's what you build all your Lego little thingies on. If you're building a little town, you put it on the green base plate. And that's the first piece you use when you're when you're building a little little structure. So you know, my number three start the foundation. I pick the foundation. Green base plate. Okay, Ryan, Mine? number third. I I am totally not doing this on purpose, but my number three is also the green. Yeah, green but specifically, it has to be on uh on one of those. I don't know if you've ever seen one. The, the one of those little tables, and it's got like the little, the little, uh, the little bags like on in the middle where it has all the Lego pieces on the inside and stuff like that. Is that kind of cheating? Yeah, the bags are not a Lego piece. Yeah, but like specifically, it has to be like one of those, one of those Lego tables, I guess. Nope, it's a. So it, it's piece, not the exact not same thing, but. All right, disqualify, James. Okay, third. my number third is the little Lego guns. Okay, hey, those, man, hey, man. those are PC so much fun. Calm down. <laughs> you just you hold them like you go pew pew pew. Noises. I mean, at least give us a trigger warning. No. <laughs> All right, my turn. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with. Uh, the golden stud specifically, the the golden one. Um, the studs are those little circle pieces that you can just put on the little peg. Um, these are great because one, they 
look like money. That's cool. I like money. Money, 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 money. Uh, you can also like stack them into like a little towery tower, and then you flick them like that, and the pieces fly, and it's like a weapon. And I like weapons. Whoa, 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 Chris. Trigger whoa, warning here. Weapon. Hey, man. It sticks. It sticks. Sticks is weapons. All right. Well, my number Ryan, two. Ryan, number two. Yes. My number two, I'm, it, again, it's kind of cheating, but I really liked the, the Lego lightsabers. Though, those were some of my favorite pieces. It was my number two. And specifically, the Darth Vader one. It, well, wait. Is that, is that two pieces, though? No, because there's a lightsaber so. handle, and you put the blade into the handle. Ooh, good question. I think that is two pieces. Okay, I'll go with the actual like colored part of the lightsaber then. Okay, red colored rod is Ryan's <laughs> second favorite <laughs> hey, Lego said, piece. Hey, hey, no, hold on. You said gold there. You said gold, so it's kind of the same thing, I guess. Yes, red translucent rod. That is your favorite piece. <laughs> Hooray. Second favorite piece. Second favorite piece is a red translucent <laughs> rod. Fantastic. <laughs> James. Okay, uh, my second favorite piece is the wing pieces, okay? You can slap them onto anything, and it instantly becomes an airplane. You just meow around your room. Airplane. Amazing. In Absolutely amazing piece. Insta-airplane. That's, yeah. that's what we're going to market them. Add it, add it to a house. you got a flying house now. We need to make them in real life. What? Ah, Jedi weapon, but the Darth Vader one does not count. I think Darth Vader's is separate. I don't know. I don't know about that. We're going to need a <laughs> rules check. We're going to send it to review. We'll get back with you next week on whether or not these are two separate pieces or one. I don't know. <laughs> two different colors on one Lego piece sounds a little bit sus to me. I don't even own any Legos anymore, Chris. How am I supposed to know that? Uh, the internet lies. Uh, yeah, you're right. Anyway. <laughs> My number one, I don't know how no one has picked anything even from this category. Um, and I think y'all are going to feel a little bit foolish once I do uh, declare my pick for number one. It is the Lego croissant. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So this, so, so if you don't know what the Lego croissant is, think of a croissant. Now Lego. But these are little tiny things. The little minifigures can hold them in their hands. That's great. It looks and they're and compared to the minifigures, these croissants are massive. It is hilarious. These guys <laughs> just have the biggest croissants and they're holding them by their little ends and they can just wave them up and down. It's beautiful. Also, both ends can be connected with Lego. So theoretically, you can make some weird looking things when you connect two Lego pieces on either end of the croissant. I'm judging you hardcore. Hooray. Jay, uh, wait, who's next? <laughs> it's Ryan. Ryan. It's Ryan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, mine is not as cool as that, but for James's reason for being able to take wings and slap it on something and be able to fly it anywhere, I my number one piece is literally just a wheel. You know what I'm talking about. It's like a, a little two-piece thing. You put it in, in two, the cockpit. What was that? Two pieces? Uh, how many? How many pieces? Two pieces? It? Not. It's what not two second? pieces. It, it it goes over two like two studs. Whatever. So he said it That's was two pieces, but it's not two pieces. It's one piece. It's He's one lying. Piece. Right. Just I'm like not the lying. That's what I always say when I mean one piece. 
two pieces. That's that's the first thing I say when I describe something as one. Anyway, James number and, one. And no, I'm not done. <laughs> He's not done. I'm not done. Let him say his piece. Okay. Let him cook. You no. you went on and continued on about a freaking Lego three minutes. Um, th- you could literally slap this on any kind of Lego or anything, and you could pretend it's like a car or a boat or anything like that. So I loved that was always sure. one of my favorite things to do, and it's it's always like the last piece I would put on. Because it was so satisfying to just watch it go onto the vehicle and know that it, it with that, it is fully done. So that's my number one, is just the wheel. Just worse wings. Cool. Uh, well, James, y'all, number first. Y'all are both wrong, because the number first is definitely the stud. Any studs. I mean, if it's the most iconic piece. It's in every single Lego game. It's what you collect as money. It is money. It is Lego money. Who doesn't <laughs> like money? Chris like money. That's yeah. why Chris Pick Stud is number two. That's, that's Stud's number one. Croissant number one. Only thing better than money is croissant. Wheels better. Okay, that's it. Well, that, that was a little... It's like, I don't think anybody won that one, do we? <laughs> no, no one won that one. I don't think anybody won that one. That was, that was pretty bad. <laughs> it wasn't even a draw. We all lose. <laughs> yeah, we are all, we're all, the winner is uh y'all you're the winner uh, listener great okay come back next week season preview <laughs> hockey happens that we like that we like what hockey happens we have a full season preview for you probably we're just gonna talk about the stars for like a ridiculously extended amount of time yeah hopefully uh, we're not as tired we're probably gonna go yeah. biggest strengths most exciting to look for weaknesses question marks all the stuff all the stats uh yeah, come back next week. And we're also going to be diving into the uh the first game of the season and we're also going to be diving into the opening night roster cuz I'm surely we'll be by the time it. yeah, by the time we record next week, we will know who will be on the starting lineup on the opening night roster. So that'll be really interesting. Really excited. And then I think this is get, our year, boys. Get ready for the first post game starcastic remarks of the season. Agreed. All right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. If you're uh, listening or watching live, you're crazy. It's eleven eleven on the in the Central Time Zone, or it's twelve where James is. You're crazy. Go to sleep. And then for those of you that are listening afterwards, we really appreciate it. There's even more of y'all that are doing it. As always, if you hear anything that you've liked here this evening, please consider leaving us a five star review anywhere you listen to our podcast. Go to StarCasticRemarks.com for our latest information on our podcast. Uh, There you can buy merch. Uh, We have our blog there as well that we're going to be doing a little bit more often this year. And uh, as always, we want to thank DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor. And along with Chris, along with James, my name is Ryan. And with the three tired boys that we are, you're welcome. We're exhausted. But we're still here for you guys, bringing you guys Dallas Stars content before the beginning of the 23-24 season. We hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good evening.